Hey, we're delighted that you're here. We're going to spend some time looking at a series that I've been doing. It's called Believe. That last song really inspired a song that our worship pastor here had written several months ago. It's going to be a new album coming out, but we believe. I started off this series talking about we believe in God, and we believe in hell, and we believe in the Bible. And last weekend, we believe in baptism, baptized several people. And today, I want to talk about we believe in resurrection. You know, we live in an extremely religious community called Montgomery, Alabama. It's called the belt buckle of the Bible, so a lot of people know the story. As a pastor, you're always trying to say, well, how about I tell it a little different, but I have integrity with the text, and I try to honor what Christ is doing. But I just believe it today. As I talk about resurrection, I, I pray that it will even convince you more to really trust and believe in this resurrection. And it's not just a resurrection for eternal life, as huge as that is, but we're going to launch in this together um, I was thinking about maybe a different way to launch this morning and about not holding things back and how we could do it. So it's a little scary for a preacher to do this. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes in a minute. Now, I know, you're like, man, I already like this church. Man, they pulled the lights down. Preacher told me to close my eyes, and somebody's going to come up, and they're going to serve you fried chicken. I mean, man, is that a church or what? Well, I just lied. We ain't going to serve you chicken. But I'm not going to do anything weird, but I just want you to close your eyes. Could you just close your eyes with me? And I want to try to take you to a place, if I might. If you'll just play a game with me. Imagine the most significant moment in your life that you can think of. And in this significant moment, it could be a positive moment, or it could be an extremely negative moment. With your eyes closed. Think about it. What were you wearing at that moment? Who were you with? What were you feeling in the moment? Maybe it was when you learned to read and you remember being there with your mom or with a teacher or something special. Maybe it was when you got your high school diploma. Maybe it was when you walked across the stage and you received a degree that you'd been working for. Maybe it was when you held your baby for the first time. Ladies, maybe it was you for that big day. You were dressed in white. You stood at the back of the church, and you walked down the aisle. You know what you were wearing. Maybe it was that guy at the front, and he was awaiting his bride to come for him. Maybe it was the day that you gave your heart to Jesus Christ. Maybe it was like last weekend, you remembered your baptism. But none of them come close to the event that I want to talk about today. The resurrection of Jesus. You can open your eyes. Anybody snoring? Okay, good sign, good sign. Well, Christians all over the world today are celebrating. Different time zones, they're ahead, they're behind, but man, they're just celebrating. And they're having a great time just giving praise to God and getting in on this resurrection thing. And uh, man, it's just a, a day of being happy. Some people, though, have filed chapter 11 spiritually and uh, not much is really happening. They realize today, or maybe they've realized in the past that they've sinned and fall short of the glory of God and life just hadn't measured up. The Bible says there's not one, not even one, that seeks after him, but he comes and he's um, look, looking for us. Or maybe you do believe, 
and you believe in this Jesus, this historical Jesus, or maybe the teacher Rabboni and, and, and the one, the miracle worker. Oh, I, I, I would assure you, Josh and Kelsey know this Jesus I'm talking about today. But I just bet Josh is laying in the bed today, and I bet he'll contemplate the miracle-working Jesus. Do you think? If you were doing well last week at job and family, and you were going to lead you in worship this weekend, and you found yourself being rushed to UAB to have emergency or to have surgery on Monday to have a cyst removed from your brain, do you think you'd be wanting to know about the miracle power of Jesus? Well, that's the gospel. The glory to, the new, to this new king, to this holy king. You know, from the very beginning, the, the cross was set out before the sun. The incarnations when we celebrate Christmas and Christ comes. But it was all about pointing to the cross. He was born that he could die. Now, we're all born and we're all dying at some level. And things are fading, and maybe things aren't like they used to be, but we, you're saying, well, Keith, I'm living, man, I was breathing, I checked my pulse, and I go, well, that, that's good, I hope you don't die on my watch, okay? But there, there's just this thought here of resurrection, what it means. And I, would, I just want you to turn in your Bibles over to Matthew 28. And as you turn there, I just think it'd be good if, if you got a copy of the Scriptures. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation but if you could just stand and let me read this to you, and you can look along, and if you have the new NLT or the NIV or the NAS or the message, and somebody's saying, what's he talking about, man? Y'all doing drugs at this church? What is this stuff, man? No, just different translations of the Holy Scripture. But I want you to listen to this word from Matthew 28. I read it every single Easter season to myself over and over. I read it throughout the year. It's called the gospel. It has power. Oh, I can illustrate, and I can hopefully persuade you, and I can have passion, and I can make a fool of myself like I did when I opened today. I will go down the 16th Easter service, and I will go, what a dummy. The boy didn't turn his mic on. You see, I ain't got over it yet because I look foolish in front of you, my friends and guests, and you're like, preacher needs help. Well, pray for me. Okay, but let's, let's look here. Look at what God says in Matthew 28. Early on Sunday morning as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. You ever notice that there's two Marys here, the other Mary? How would you like to be known as the other Mary? <laughs> well, I'm Mary Magdalene. I'm the other Mary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty funny. Wasn't it? Okay, let's move on. Verse 2. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. Now earthquakes will tend to get your attention. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and this stone, y'all, weighed 3,000 pounds. That's a big stone, would you say? And sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. And the guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. And then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. And just as he said what happened, come see where his body was lying, and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And he's going ahead of you to Galilee. And you will see him there. Remember what I've told you. And the women ran quickly from the tomb, and they were frightened. I guess so. But they also, I love this next part, but they were also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him. They grasped his feet, and they worshiped him because they wanted to see if it's really him. And then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. The reading of God's Word. That's really what happened on that Easter morning. 
This morning, I went to bed really late last night. It was actually this morning. I woke really early this morning. And that sun was coming out. And right outside the bedroom window, we have some beautiful amaryllis that have just burst out in song and displaying and declaring the glory of the risen king. Hallelujah. It's beautiful. You're like, you get that excited about a flower? Now I get that excited about my king that's alive. You be seated. So we looked this morning at this thing and we, the resurrection, go ahead and start filling in. Somebody gave you this, looks like a, an Easter egg on the back. Go ahead. First point is the resurrection means victory over sin. Now, you know, we got a sin problem, okay? Let's just go ahead and face it. I mean, most people admit, yeah, you know. I mean, if you're married, go ahead and ask your mate, not right now, do I ever mess up? And they would go, you fool, why did you even ask that question? Of course you mess up. I mess up all the time. And you mess up. So we got, we got this sin problem. But here Jesus goes to the cross during Holy Week, Golgotha, the place of the skull, to give his life, to be hung in the middle, the man in the middle between two criminals now guys this is the god of glory and he's born a very humble beginning before he comes and enters into the earth scene and now he dies between two criminals so jesus is like man i'm not really a respecter of person here and the bible talks about when jesus hung on that cross after he'd been uh, mocked and beaten and gone through the trial and the gethsemane and everything else he's there but between nine and twelve o'clock and at noon it says the, the sky went dark. Man, God the Father was just throwing out all this punishment on the Son. And as Jesus got to the end of his life, he lifted his body up from the cross, not to drown by his own fluid. And he had some words to say. Now, there's three words, but I want to set it up this way this morning. There are three words that if you say, people melt. I love you. Do you remember the first time you told that person you're sitting next to, I love you? Ooh, glory. Goosebumps just kind of broke out, got happy, got sweaty. I pitted out a little bit, used my deodorant twice before I left. I told them, I, or you're saying, well, no, I didn't. It just kind of slipped out, but you tell them I love you. You tell your kids, you tell people, I, I'm very secure in who I am in Jesus Christ. I tell people all the time, I tell men I love them in a very appropriate way, I might add. I don't know, when should we get this right? But I tell people all the time, I love them. Because I, I don't want to wait, well, you know, I, I think he liked you a lot. No, I love you. Here, here's another one. Now, these are three more words that I bet you've used. I am, you got it. I'm what? Sorry. Y'all ever use that word? They don't lie, you in church. Raise them hands high. I want to see, I want to see hands up today. I want to tell you about it. all the hands were raised at Christ Community this morning. I'm sorry. I need forgiveness. Man, we, we know, but so I love you. I am sorry. Those are powerful statements. Those words will usually get some traction. You know what I'm saying? But the three most powerful words ever spoken. It is finished. Now as I've been studying about this, he didn't say, I am finished. They have taken my life from me. 
The Bible says Jesus laid his life down. He laid his life down, sovereign king, that he might take it back up again. Hallelujah to the king. He didn't say, I'm finished. He said, it is finished. This payment for sin that God demanded. And, uh, and I was looking at the Greek, the, the word basically is to telestai. And, and what it means in the Greek, it means to complete the mission, to finish the mission, to, I have a mission accomplished, mission over. I have fulfilled the purpose of God, to telestai. It's finished. And you see, if we know about Old Testament history, we're not going out and making sacrifice of doves and animals and lambs and all that anymore. Jesus says, once and for all, it is finished. And at the cross, God's wrath poured out on the cross, on the sun, and my sin and your sin poured out on the cross. And the cross was a horrible day. And we say, well, Good Friday. You know, when people say Good Friday, it still bothers me a little bit. I'm like, what's so good about it? I mean, man, Jesus died. I mean, what's good? We don't go to people's funerals and go, hey, they died. Let's all cheer and celebrate a holiday. I mean, if we do, we're sick. But it was good in the sense that that's where God purchases our salvation. That's where God makes it right. Sin gets dealt with. Uh, it's like this. There's a day coming real soon. I talked to my CPA this morning. He says, April 15th's coming. And we have taxes due. due. Isn't that your favorite holiday of the year? It ain't mine. Now, it's fun when you're a little kid because when you're a kid working, you basically get everything back. But if you ever notice as you make more money and you progress, they don't give it back anymore. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> and you, you, you know what they do? Here's what I found. They ask you for more. Could we have some more of your money? A bunch of bums. I think we need to pray for redemption or something. I don't know. But, 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 but and here's what I've learned about taxes. Taxes are never satisfied. They always want more. You go to the grocery store. Could you have 10 more percent on that, brother? And you go pay. Hey, that's, that'd be 10 more percent. Well, why don't you just go ahead and name that the price? You lied about the other one. Can you tell? I don't like paying taxes. But I do, because I want to be ethical, and I, I don't want to go to jail. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar. Render unto God what's God. And the house said, they said, yeah, we want to keep that preacher here. We, he better pay his taxes. Okay, just like you. But you know what the cross says? The balance is zero. The balance is zero. It's already paid. I'll use paid in full. Have you ever been into somewhere? This has happened a few times to me. I'm, I'm just suggesting, just making a little hint. No, not really. But if you wanted to, it, it would be a blessing. I have bought other people's meals, buy people's meals a lot. And I've been in restaurants and done that, not near as much as I'd like to. But I've been blessed. Sometimes I, I go to pay for a bill, and I walk up to the counter, and they'll go, sir, your bill has been paid. And I frown and go, oh, it's a bad day. It's a bad Man, I'm happy. I'm like, could you tell me who paid it? And sometimes they will, and sometimes they won't. But paid in full. That's, that's what the cross is. Payment in full. Uh, God lays down his perfect life. God judges the work of the Son. Christ is risen. The resurrection, I embrace an empty tomb. I like that empty tomb part. Let me give you the next one. The resurrection means victory over Satan. See, Satan was doing his jig. Satan was doing his dance. Satan thought he had won. Satan thought he had ended this thing of Jesus, and there was no power. But if you look at Ephesians 1, 19 and 20, listen to the Word of God. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe, who believe him. 
you got that in your Bible, circle it. I love this word believe. I've been going through my Bible, just circling all the times that I see the word believe, especially in the gospel. It's unbelievable. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. I like that. The greatness of God's power to those who believe. You see, here's what happened that day. Jesus lived this 33-year life. Pretty good, perfect life, you know? How many lived that before? Nobody else since. And things were rough, and he lived purity, and he preached, and he taught, and he healed, and he raised some dead. I mean, pretty good life. But what happened? He went to the, he went to the cross. And at that point, there's a severe disconnection from his heavenly Father, from God. And he's thinking, man, it's over. He's not thinking that. The world is, and the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the religious rulers, they're like, man, we did away with Jesus. We were tired of Paul and all these other guys talking about him. He's been disconnected from his father. Oh, if he's God, let him raise himself from the dead. Let him take himself from that cross. They mocked him, hurled him, insults at him. And the Bible says he opened not his mouth, and he forgave him. Disconnected. Just hang with that thought with me for a little bit. Disconnected, separated. Man, this right here, I don't have the ends on it because I, I, I don't want to fry in public, okay? But the thing is, if this thing was carried out to the fullest of how it should be, with these things not together, we got a disconnection, we got a problem. You know, and, that, and that's what sin is. Sin is just a disconnect. Write that somewhere in your notes today. It just misses the mark. It's just a disconnect. I had my friend Blake's going to come in and be our new student minister that Mark's been uh, uh, spending time with and encouraging him. He he's, likes to do fun things. I said, hey, could you make me a prop, man? And he did. And I'm going to be playing with this till Jesus comes. Okay, so here it is. So the, so the son looked disconnected from the father, but we know he wasn't. You know, there's, there's consequences to disconnection. Here's just a thought that came to me. If you have disconnection in your marriage, you'd have a problem. And all the men said, yeah, like you believe that. Matt's trying to encourage us in Ephesians 5.25, so hope you'll consider being with us Tuesday. All right, the resurrection, look at the next point. It assures us of victory over death. It's just victory over death because of the resurrection. Death is not the final thing here. Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. We got separated from God. We've been living out. We've had the manifestation of the sin fruit ever since. And, and don't get so mad at Adam and Eve, you know, a lot of times we go on our high horse and go, man, what's wrong with a crazy woman, man? What's wrong with a man? Man, they're just stupid, you know, I can't believe it. Well, if it had been me and you, we'd have probably done the same thing, if not worse. But you know, the thing that we dread the most in this life is death. It is. And Jesus conquers death. And we all got to die sometime. Some younger, some older. But I like what Jesus does. He takes the sting out of death. In Corinthians, it says, Oh, death, where is thy sting? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Let me set it up for you this way. I remember as a kid, I would uh, always be outside playing ball or playing stuff. And I, I never will forget, this was not one of my brightest days, okay? Uh, I had these little army men, and there was a wash nest up in the top. 
And, I, man, they were just bugging me. I mean, they weren't even bothering me, but I didn't like the idea of them being there. And I thought, got army men, got wasp up there. Going to take them out. And I started throwing army men up there. <laughs> yeah, you know where this story's going. And those wasps said, see that dumb boy down there? We're fixing to bite him. And they, and they came down, and they lit me up right across the forehead and right across the eyes. And we were laughing about it. It wasn't funny. And my eyes shut. And by the time I got in the house, I said, Mama, Mama, I can't see. She said, what's wrong with you? I said, I got stung. <laughs> what? What were you doing? I stole my army men up there. She said, oh, man, the boy needs counseling. I don't know. And my eyes shut. You know, y'all think this is funny. This, is, this hurt. And I, I can remember my mom taking the, you know, you know what moms, I don't know what it is, moms major in pain. There's a class for it somewhere. I don't know where they take it at. Mercurothone, uh, mercuricone, that, that pink stuff, looks like monkey's blood. I don't know where she, she always put it on everything. They let me rub it on there, you know. Like, mom, I don't want to wear that. I'm like a fool. She's like, just, just stay still, rub it on there, you know. Well, that day, she came in there, mama, could you kiss it? She kissed it. And I lied because I said it felt better. It didn't feel better, but I, I told her it did. She smiled. She said, I'll be right back. She went to the bathroom. She came back. Oh, yes, she pulled out those dreaded things. <laughs> Tweezers. Yeah, my mom was tough. And she pulled a couple of those stingers out of the barb. She goes, it's, it's going to all feel better now. I said, I'm glad you think so because right now I'm, I want to die. You know, it, it ain't very happy. But the barb, she pulled the barb out. And it did, it healed. And I learned a big lesson that day. Don't mess with wasps, just leave them alone. I get wasps now, I send Donna out in the yard. I say, baby, we got wasps. No, no, I'll do that. I'll do that. I think about it, but she bought me some wasp spray. And I stand back and say, come on, sucker. I love it, man. And if you got a can malfunctioning, just, you know, you're in trouble. You'll remember my story. Okay, but here it is. But Jesus takes the barb out of it. See, some of you are like, man, this man is a fool. Where'd y'all find him at? I don't know. I just showed up here one day. Okay, I fell off the turnip truck. All right. But it looks like death, the death of Jesus is the defeat of Jesus. But the death of Jesus is, listen to this, the death of Jesus is not the defeat of Jesus. The death of Jesus is the defeat of the enemy. Now, wait, wait, you, you're supposed to say a big amen. Come on. The, the, well, good. You're going to have lunch. I heard that Amen. I ain't feeding the rest of you. Okay, here. But the death of Jesus is the defeat of the enemy. We got an enemy. He's out there trying to destroy marriages, and he's doing a good job, and he's destroying bodies, and he's destroying lives, and he's destroying churches, and he's destroying the country. Do you know what I'm saying? So, man, we got to wake up to this resurrection. But I want you to turn over here with me real quick because there's a, there's a section here that I get excited about. John. Turn over to John chapter 11. Lazarus. Love the Lazarus story. It's a resurrection. Lazarus in verse 4, sickness will not end in death. Know it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Lazarus has fallen asleep. He's done more than falling asleep. He, he's dead. That's what it says there in verse 13. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sakes, I'm glad he, I wasn't there. Now, that is like a very nice thing for Jesus to say, does it? You're not here, because Mary and Martha, they already scolded him. Therefore now, you, you will, for, 
I'm glad I wasn't there, for now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. In verse 23, Jesus tells us here, I I believe, I believe your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. But Jesus says in verse 25, I love this, I am the resurrection and the life, and anyone who what? Believes. There it is, that whole word, believes in me will live even after dying everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die do you believe this martha and i would say this today do you believe that church do you believe that see this morning i was looked down i was praying for her this week little jessica's here jessica i'm so glad you're here today i talked about you the other day her little eight-year-old boy went to be with the lord but there's a resurrection And out of that death is coming more resurrection. Even what God's doing in in Brody's sweet mama. And I celebrate that today, Jessica. You just hold on. Just keep following Jesus. We all got to just keep on following. Because this story, but I want you to move on here. It says there in uh, verse 35, you know, it's the shortest verse in the Bible. I I bet every one of you can memorize it. You ready? I'm I'm going to teach you a verse. Now, hold on. It's going to be hard. Jesus wept. That's it because he was concerned he loved mary and martha he loved lazarus and i believe with all my heart jesus christ weeps when we we die today when people die and we're sad if he collects our tears in a bottle i'm certainly confident that he is concerned and he weeps over us but look on down there after a while you know they said you know this man healed a blind man couldn't he have kept lazarus from dying in verse 38 jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told him. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for days. The smell will be terrible. And here's the thought I want you to write down today. Death stinks. It does. I don't enjoy death. As a pastor, I stand before graves and I preach funerals. And death is not a happy time. But resurrection is happy. Resurrection is eternal. Resurrection is life forevermore. But if you just got death, it stinks. And here in the physical, he's been dead for four days. Behold, he stinketh. I mean, it's pretty nasty. But death just has a way of stinking. Let me tell you what else stinks. Cancer stinks. Disease stinks. Divorce stinks. Addictions stinks stink sin stinks but jesus gives us resurrection here so we remember here see on on this day basically the devil he thought he'd uh, put freeze tag did you ever play freeze tag when you were little here there's a strategy to tag now i know a bunch of you adults they can run around hey let's play tag at work they'll think you're freaks okay but i remember when we were kids and and you were the person and you went around freezing everybody but if other people could get to them you know you could unfreeze them and you know what the strategy is? You clock down the fastest guy first. Because then he can't do his little buzzing around the thing, and you got a chance to freeze everybody. But that's what happened to Satan. Satan thought he froze Jesus that day. He thought he froze him in the grave. But let me tell you, God touched him. God raised him from the dead for you and me. And that's the hope. In Acts 2.24, just look at it simply. But God untied the death ropes and raised him up. Death was no match for him, according to the translation of the message. It's just the beautiful hope of the gospel. Death here is certain. It's coming. It's not the final word. But life comes out of death. Let me give you the next one quickly. The resurrection propels us over meaningless life. 
See, the resurrection propels us into life of the Father for eternity when we believe and embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's the hope of the good news. But it also means we don't have to live or lead in some mundane life that doesn't seem to have purpose and power and significance or meaning. I like the illustration that Tony Evans gives. He tells a story about you go to sleep in the same old bed every night. You wake up to the same old alarm clock. You pull out the same old clothes out of your closet. You go to the breakfast table and you eat your bowl of cereal in the same old way. You drive the same old car to work. You see the same old people when you get there. You had the same old conversations around the water cooler or the coffee pot. You come home to the same old wife. Oh, let me edit that, okay. And, and then... You go and you watch the same old TV shows, and then you retire to the same old bed to only ask the same old questions again and again and again. But here's what I'm going to tell you about resurrection. God can bring me now the same old stuff. Because I think life, resurrection means abundant life, full life, joyful life, joy in your marriage, joy in your friendships, joy in your worship, joy even out of the midst of death. The joy of the Lord is our strength, is what Nehemiah would tell us. Life doesn't have to be monotonous here. So, I'm going to try to land this thing here. I want you to just, uh, I, I, I could go on for an hour, I'm not going to do that. And somebody said, praise God, he does listen to God. Okay, here we go. I want you to fill in this last blank. John, just go there. Believe in the report of the resurrection. Just believe it. Believe it with all your heart. Call upon this Jesus. Trust him. In history, there was the Great Continental Railroad. I remember studying that, and uh, it took decades to line up this big rail system from one end to the other. And, and when the last piece of rail was to be laid between New Mexico and Colorado, they got the two governors of the state to come and to join forces, and they had these commemorative spikes, and they commissioned them, and, and they were silver, and they were going to have them drive these spikes to signify the finishing, the completion of this project. And in those days, they didn't have cell phones and all this stuff. They had a telegraph. And this is the message that they sent that day. Finally finished. And this morning, what I'm saying to you, instead of connecting one part of the country to the other part of the country, coast to coast, God went from heaven to earth, man to God. The Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, comes to connect us to God and to pay our sin debt. And you know what else they did? They drove spikes one day. They weren't silver spikes. They drove big old nasty nails in the arms of our Savior. And he hung out and he gave his life freely to handle that for us so this morning here's what i want to ask you are you willing to connect with a savior are you willing to plug into jesus christ to enjoy the fullness of god the power of the risen christ because this morning, some marriages need to be raised up in Jesus' name. Some bodies need to be raised up. Some relationships need to be raised up. Some eternal addresses need to change in the next few minutes that you trust in Jesus Christ, that you plug into the source of the Almighty. Amen? Plug into the source. See, this isn't just some great Easter bunny hanging out, eating chocolate, eating your favorite food, get a new shirt. Be nice to people for an hour and then go see your mama and kiss her and then be ugly all afternoon. 
It's about resurrection. He's alive. He is risen. He is risen. No, you're supposed to say indeed. He is risen. He is risen. Okay, you're learning. We'll work on it if we have another hour. Okay, hey. Let me just give this to you. I'm going to invite Jeremy. Come to the keyboard. I'm going to, I'm going to land this plane. You need to do that. Man, you've been great. You've been attentive. Everything I've been trying to do, I've been trying to get you to think with an a eternal perspective, to think about God's Word, to think about resurrection. But is the resurrection personal to you? See, if it's not personal to you, then it's just some historical event that happened. But that's not enough. I don't want you to go home. I don't want you to leave those doors and leave here unchanged. I want you to walk out with Jesus. Embracing Him. Experiencing the fullness of the Christ life. So what do you have to do to have that happen? You have to believe the report of the resurrection. You have to believe this report. You have to believe it with confidence. You have to trust in Him. You have to believe Him for your finances. You have to believe Him for marriage. You have to believe Him for forgiveness. You believe Him for your healing. You just believe Him because Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm just going to read some passages because I think God will say it best. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me quickly just over to John 3. And if we'll look at chapter 3, verses 12, just listen to God's word and see if it pricks your heart. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Verse 16, for God so loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. But let's move on to verse 17. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. And there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. That's the gospel from John so this morning, are you blessed? Have you believed the gospel? Have you really, not just with your mind, like, well, okay, I believe in Jesus. No, I mean, with your heart. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess him with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you'll be saved. So today, you could call upon the matchless name of Jesus. And there's, there's prayer teams. There are people that are all here. They can kind of move their way around. If y'all kind of get on both sides of the room, I've given them some books from a good friend of mine. Ray Johnson, the pastor at Bayside, he's been here. And he wrote this great book a few years ago, What If It's True? It is true. And I've got, they've got six, but I've got a bunch more. I'd love to give them to you. Our gift to you today, if you'd like to have one, if you receive Jesus Christ, and you, or you want to, maybe you just are in investigative mode, you want to know more about Jesus, you need to come and talk to one of these prayer warriors. There's nothing weird. They're just here to encourage you in the faith of Jesus Christ, to give a book to you, to pray with you, to answer questions. But I just want to ask you today, will you come see Jesus Christ for yourself? Will you come and see Jesus? That's what the gospel says, come and see. I've come and seen the Savior. He changed my life 34 years ago. I'm asking you today in faith, if you've never done that, bow your heads with me. If you're a believer today, would you just pray heaven down that it might touch people in this room, that they would receive the gospel? Number one, admit 
that Jesus Christ is not first in your life and that you need a Savior. Just admit to Jesus right now, Lord, I need a rescue. I need help. I need forgiveness. Jesus, I have missed the mark. Jesus, I am disconnected just like that power cord that he showed. Jesus, I admit I need salvation. Secondly, if you're willing to admit and humble yourself, agree with him now. Jesus, you died for me. You died for me. You were raised for me that I might live forever and live abundant. I need you, Jesus. And third, if you're willing to admit, you're willing to agree, will you do the final aid? Will you accept God's free gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ, his only son? Doesn't matter what you've done, because man, if y'all looked at my sin list, you'd go, man, God, say something like you. If you'll just believe the gospel and receive Jesus Christ right now, you can be forever changed. I promise you, he changed me one winter night, and I've seen him change thousands of people's lives. I've seen him change hundreds and hundreds on this campus and since we started this church. And today, Jesus Christ could change your life. He could become the Lord of your life. And you could say, I am, or when he says, I am the resurrection and the life, and you would say, Jesus, I believe you. So, no. Right now, would you just cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus Christ, have your way in my life today. I open my heart, come, forgive me of my sin, and become my Savior. Cover me this morning, make atonement, cover me by your blood, become my Savior. But Jesus, I want more. I want you to be the Lord. I want you to be the Master. I want you to be the CEO. I want you to direct my life. I've been pretty disconnected and pretty messed up. I want to follow you. I'll follow you today by faith, Jesus. I just give you my heart this morning. I believe in my heart that you died for me. I confess you with my mouth that you're Lord. 